Your vision may waver. It may get really hard and you'll want to quit. Your parents or your partner or other family members might tell you you're crazy for leaving your steady paycheck to leave your benefits, et cetera, et cetera. Also, I hate to break it to you, unless you love building businesses or at least a business, your coach training will have been the most fun part that you did. And now the real work begins. <laughs> this is your Kick-Ass Life podcast bonus episode number 335. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, ass kickers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am so glad that you are here joining me. So today I have a bonus episode for you. We still have the regular episodes that are coming out every Wednesday, but I wanted to send out this special edition because it has come to my attention, no, I have actually known this for a while, that there's a decent amount of you out there listening who are coaches yourselves or you are someone who is interested in the coaching industry, whether you want to get into life coaching or corporate coaching or wellness coaching or or some realm of the coaching industry. And I get also a decent amount of direct messages on Instagram, especially asking for advice. What coaching school should I go to? Um, can you tell me how you built this platform? Different questions and variations of this. And we have recently brought back as a team um, over here at Your Kick-Ass Life Consulting for Coaches. I have a wealth of information, not just for me being in this industry for over a decade now, but also my team, my podcast producer, Emily Christofferson, who's been with me since 2012, who has also worked on the back end of many, many coaches' businesses, who I often joke, knows my business a lot of times better than I do. And copyright, there's just so many people over here that can help coaches. So we have brought back packages for consulting to help you. But I wanted to kind of go over some specific things, some recommendations, some advice, if you will, for coaches. So you might be someone who skips this episode altogether if you're just here for the personal development and have no interest in the coaching industry altogether. That's okay. But for those of you who are even remotely curious, like how does it actually work? If I ever wanted to get into this industry, what would I need to do? And also, I think that there's been a renewed curiosity about this particular profession because of what is happening with the unfortunate global pandemic that that we are in. Things have definitely shifted over here in this industry, which I won't get into too much, but we are, there's, you don't have to have an online coaching business. You can um, develop your practice that is more local and in-person. But the majority of coaches that I know and my particular business is online. So we don't have to stop working. We don't have to see people face-to-face. So much of the work that we do is remote and can be done from home. So with that being said, I want to start by giving you my humble opinion that the world needs more great coaches. And also, speaking of the pandemic, I think that it has whispered in all of our ears 
how precious and fragile life is, that no one gets out of here alive, and the time to live our lives is now. And also, I think that there might be some newer coaches who might be worried that their business isn't viable right now. You may believe that life coaching is a luxury afforded to very few people, but just like there are many ways and styles to coach, there are many ways to offer value and help your clients and your audience. So what I have done is come up with 10 things I highly recommend doing if you are in the beginning stages of your coaching business. And many of these hold true even if you are a seasoned coach. All right, so let's get into it. The very first thing, and anytime I talk about this, if I'm being interviewed about it on a podcast and even articles I wrote many, many years ago, I always start with this one, and that is get training. I fully believe that coaches do need to be trained. The thing is, is that since the coaching industry is currently unregulated, anyone can call themselves a coach. Anyone can hang a shingle outside and be open for business. And while this is great and there are, you know, makes very few barriers to entry, I also know some good coaches who have no training. They only have years of experience and, you know, that is what it is. However, I believe that coaching requires specific skills that matter for your clients. And also clients tend to bring emotional and heavy topics to sessions and an untrained coach can end up causing more harm than good. And there are, I mean, I could, I could fill a whole podcast episode just with this one particular thing. Um, and I just want to say one more thing that we need to be trained to see those types of things, to see when someone might have chronic anxiety or depression that is out of the scope of what we are trained to help. Someone might uh, be in their addiction. Someone might have trauma that we are not able to help them and they need to be referred out to a specialist, to a therapist, to someone who is trained to actually help this people, this person, I should say. So that being said, I do believe that training is important. Another question I get asked a lot on this, and I won't go into too much detail though, is where do I get training? So back when I was researching coaching schools, there were hardly any. I think there were maybe three or four. Now, <laughs> this was back in 2006 when I was researching. So now in 2020, there's so many, dozens and dozens and dozens. There might be hundreds. I have no idea. I think the only piece of advice that I want to give you is to look for a school that is accredited by the International Coaching Federation, also known as the ICF. The ICF uh, isn't my favorite, but they're all we've got in terms of any kind of regulation. And that's just my basic recommendation on that. All right. Number two is to get support. Building a coaching business is like building any business. You can't do it with zero dollars and zero support. I've talked to people who've got their training and think it's like moving from one job to another. You just quit your nine to five job and start your life coaching, right? No, coaching is not a business. Coaching is a skill. 
you still need to build your practice. You still need to learn how to build a business if you've never built one before or if you've never understood or gotten any kind of education on how to build a business. You are going to have overhead and you're going to need time to build this business. So have savings, have a business loan, have a partner with a salary that can help and that that partner is clear on what it is that they're doing. Something like that to be able to essentially support you while you are building this business. I know plenty of examples of colleagues of mine who it took them a while to transition out of their nine to five or their full-time job. And again, took years. Me personally, I was a stay-at-home mama. My husband and I had decided that uh, he was going to work, that I was going to stay home with the kids. And so slowly but surely, I was building my business that way. And I don't know what I, I, it would have looked very different. I will say that had I not had my husband's salary, it probably would have taken me a lot longer. I would have had to have get a bus- gotten a business loan. What most likely would have happened is that I would have stayed in my former nine to five corporate job, built the practice. And then eventually after however long it took, which sometimes it can take a handful of years, rolled out of that job and went full time with my coaching business. All right. So number three, make goals but be flexible. Like anything, uh, goals are essential in this. I'm going to send out an email very, very soon after this episode goes out where I talk about and show you pictures of goals that I had the very first year that I started my business. So this was even before I had officially launched or even chosen Your Kick-Ass Life as the business name. This was in May from 2010. And I took a teleclass. That's what we called them back then, like a teleseminar. There was like five or six other women. It was a really small group. And the woman who was teaching it had barely just started her own online business as well. And so she was teaching us what she knew. I mean, I knew nothing. I knew nothing about getting email subscribers or blogging consistently or having a consistent niche and messaging, all of these sort of foundational things that we need to do in order to build this and for it to make sense and for people to understand what it actually is that we're selling. I didn't know any of that. So as I was learning that, I had written down some goals of what I wanted, I think like one, five, and 10 years out. And I'm so glad that I was encouraged to do that because it it clearly impacted what I ended up doing. You'll see in this email that I, I did blow those goals out of the water, but I did write down that I eventually wanted to write a book and I wrote down how much money I wanted to make and, and all of these things. I don't think you necessarily need a traditional business plan but you need something in terms of goals to not just fly by the seat of your pants. How many clients do you want or need? Do you want to build your audience to offer, to be able to offer group coaching? Do you want to do speaking? Write it down like you would any other goals. And if you find out you don't like or aren't maybe good at one particular aspect that you had as a goal, pivot and try other things. Once you make goals and plans, you don't have to marry them. Hence, me saying in the very beginning, be flexible. You know, it's interesting. I'm 10 years in uh, with your kick-ass life and I was in a mastermind last year and I had recently changed my model up. You know, I had I had changed it a few years before that, maybe even just a couple years before that and thought I had nailed it. And here I was changing it again and I was frustrated with myself and I'm talking to these other women in the group and I said, 
I can't believe I'm back here changing my model again. And there was a woman in the group and she had even more years on me and she was actually a business coach. So she works with a lot of coaches and she says, everyone does this. Like we have to be flexible. Like it's rare when you find someone who nails their business model and stays with it for a really long time. If you look at businesses, you know, like In-N-Out Burger, (laughs) we, we look at those and we're like, well, they've nailed it. You know, like that's how my business should look. We work in an industry that is constantly changing. When you work in a in a business that's online, the technology is constantly changing. Your customer base is getting savvier and changing with their wants and needs. So of course, your business model is probably going to change. So make goals be flexible. All right. Speaking of masterminds, that is number four. Have a mastermind always. This is a group of people who are doing things similar to you. They don't necessarily have to be other life coaches, but it is good to be put together in a group with them. I've been in a mastermind continuously for the last decade. So that teleseminar that I told you I was a part of, the women that I met in there, I think two or three of them, I asked them if they wanted to be in a mastermind with me. And that was my very first peer mastermind. I think there was just a handful of us. I think maybe I made the mistake of gathering. We were all mothers of young children. (laughs) Mine were one and three at the time, which as many of you probably understand, it's difficult to be consistent with being able to show up all the time to those meetings. But regardless, The people in the group have changed over time. You know, the masterminds that I've been in have disbanded. The one that I'm in right now, we've been together for about three or four years. The support I've received in these groups has been invaluable. You can't build a business and maintain your mental and emotional health all by yourself. There are paid masterminds. I have been in those as well, and they offer a different kind of value, but there's no reason that you can't have a peer mastermind that is free and you all decide and you co-create together what it's going to look like. Do you want to meet once a week? Do you want to meet once a month? How long? All of that you get to decide. I firmly recommend that you decide from the beginning about commitment as well as how your meetings are going to be set up. Like what do you what do you want and anyway, there's all those logistics that you can decide. I won't get into it too much, but that's the beauty of it. You get to pick how you want it to run. Number 5 in the 10 pieces of advice, I don't have a title for this list that Andrea Owen is giving you. All right, number five is in the beginning, have a niche and always be clear on your messaging. Like any business, in order for people to buy from you, they need to know and understand what problem it is that you solve. Have you ever purchased anything and been unclear about what problem you're having solved by your purchase? If you have sore muscles, you buy a massage. If you have bald tires that are unsafe, you buy new tires. If you're having marriage or relationship problems, you buy time with a therapist. No one pays for a life coach unless they are clear on the problem they are having in their life that they want someone to help them solve. This is 
a huge mistake that I see so many life coaches doing and one that I made in the very beginning of of my coaching business. I thought I was I was pumped. I was pumped and I was high on life coaching and thought everyone needs to drink this Kool-Aid with me. This is so amazing. Everyone should want to have a kick-ass life. And I threw yourkickasslife.com up and people were bought into the idea of it. Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> people fist pumped with me and were like, yeah, yay you. But it was almost as if I was overlooked as being a motivational meme. And I was not clear what exact problem I was helping people solve, nor was I clear on what people could buy from me and what they would walk away from. So I, it took me a minute to understand that. And in the beginning, there wasn't really anyone teaching that type of thing. I mean, they probably were, but it was business professionals, consultants, coaches that weren't um, that weren't selling to people like me. It was like brick and mortar businesses and things like that. I mean, these are business basics 101. This doesn't just apply to <laughs> this industry. You have to have a problem that you are solving for people in order for them to understand what it what action are you asking them to take. A little part two to this is about using jargon that is specific to our industry. So some of the jargon that we all say and that comes out of our mouth regularly are things like live your authentic life, step into your best self. You know, it's it's the language of empowerment. And we understand that. If we're all sitting around having a conversation, we understand that. But our ideal customer probably does not. They've heard the words before, but they don't know what that actually looks like in their life. They're more concerned with trying to have or help or heal the relationship they have with their mother because they have really poor boundaries or they are having problems speaking up in their partnership and feel like they've been a doormat their whole life. They are struggling with perfectionism, but they translate that to procrastination. They're beating themselves up about procrastination, but don't know what it looks like. So these are the real problems that people have and that they complain about and that they lay awake in, at night about. And if we use jargon, it just goes right over people's heads. So watch out if you're doing that. And again, just concentrate on what is the exact problem that you help people solve. It will be so much easier for you to sell your services. Also, I did make specific in the beginning when I started talking about this, where I said, in the beginning, have a niche. When you become more established like myself, having that niche isn't quite as important. So for a long time, and people still do know me as someone who talks a lot about the inner critic, right? And that's what I did. That's what I picked. And that's what I ran with. And I'm glad that I did because it did establish me as an expert on that particular topic. But once people came in, then they realized that I talked about a lot more things than the inner critic. And now that I'm more established, I have a couple of books under my belt. I have a speaking career. I can broaden and it's still, I still can keep people's attention. It's a little bit hard to explain, but I think the bottom line of it is when you're first starting out and building your audience have a clear message and a clear niche, a niche that people can understand. And then once you become more established, 
I, I do believe that you can expand more to talk about a lot of different topics and people will still stick with you. All right, number six, tell everyone what you do. Tell everyone what you do. Life coaching is still a new-ish service. So if you want people to know not only that you do it, but what it is, tell everyone. Tell your hairstylist, your dog groomer, people you start chatting with in line at Starbucks when we can go be in line at Starbucks again, everyone. And P.S., if you work with us, we can help you send out this message because I think people get stuck in not only telling people, because I'm a firm believer that life coaching is better experienced than explained to be able to understand it. And that can get a little bit complicated, especially I remember for me, I was so excited about it in the beginning. I would just stumble all over my words and be so stuck and just bumbly trying to explain it to people. So if you have the opportunity to have someone experience what coaching is, that is a thousand times better for them to understand it. But there is a way, I mean, this goes goes back to things like elevator speeches, what do they call them? Like cocktail napkin. I forget the name of it right now. It's too early in the morning as I'm recording this. But it's it's definitely the short thing that you tell people that you do that's clear and concise. That is very, very important. Not only just to be able to communicate that with people, but for you to have the confidence to say it, to be clear and excited about what it is that you do. Number seven, hold the vision. Your vision may waver. It may get really hard and you'll want to quit. Your parents or your partner or other family members might tell you you're crazy for leaving your steady paycheck to leave your benefits, et cetera, et cetera. Also, I hate to break it to you, unless you love building businesses or at least a business, your coach training will have been the most fun part that you did. And now the real work begins. But one of my favorite questions to ask myself is to fill in the blank. Wouldn't it be awesome if? So this is holding the vision. Wouldn't it be awesome if I had a full coaching practice and a waiting list? Wouldn't it be awesome if I had a best-selling book? Wouldn't it be awesome if I got paid five figures to speak on stages? In other words, keep dreaming and hold on to those dreams. And I just want to circle back to what I said that your vision may waver. That's completely normal. My vision has wavered many, many times. I've had a lot of face down moments in the bed or the couch just collapsing, especially I will say, especially when my kids were really little, that were that those were probably the hardest years because not only was I building a business, I was also getting sober and doing so much heavy lifting in terms of my own personal development. And I had two little babies. So traveling was difficult. Just raising them was difficult. Um, you know, divvying up or trying to divvy up or arguing about the division of labor <laughs> in our house was difficult. So holding the vision for this business was complicated. I'll say that. It was complicated, but I never completely let it go. I never completely let it go. I kept doing things like I mentioned, 
answering the question, wouldn't it be awesome if I kept having a pure mastermind so people could remind me of my initial enthusiasm and energy around this can could remind me of why coaching matters so much like all these things that we need in order to continue with our goals and our dreams it's not any different than any other goal or dream it's just specific all right number 8 have a model but be flexible and i talked about this a little bit before i got i got ahead of myself back then like any business you'll have a business model Mine has con- continued to change continuously over the last decade. You might have what we call a funnel. You might not. You might do lots of free hour-long sessions to get clients. You might not. You might do something different. You might offer group coaching. You might not. There is no perfect model. And people who tell you that are just trying to get you to buy their training for their model. There are lots of different models. And what we have seen in this industry is what I like to call the model du jour. You know, for a long time, it was webinars and then it was funnels. And I'm trying to think like, what are the, what are, what are the other trends? Oh, in the very beginning, it was selling your, your ebook, your, which was basically like a Kindle book online. And anyway, I could go on and on with how the trends have changed like any other business it changes over time. And again, there is no perfect one. The only perfect model, I should say, is the one that works for you and that you've experimented with and honed over time. All right. Number nine is to do your personal growth work. Do your own personal development work. You can have all the business acumen in the world. You could have an MBA and have been taught by the most successful business people on the planet, and that will take you very far. But if you aren't working on yourself, none of that actually matters all that much. Owning your own business will bring up your self-worth stuff. It will bring up your inner critic. It will definitely bring up comparison. It will leave you exhausted and overwhelmed. It can lead to life balance issues, family role issues, you name it. If you don't work on these, they'll just stick around and keep you stuck. Keep coming back to smack you in the face to remind you that they're still there. Also, I'm a believer that you can't truly take your clients further than you're willing to go in your own life. Sure, you can coach them through anything on any topic, but if you're personally stuck on a topic that they bring, because it's the exact same thing you're stuck on, it's extremely hard to self-manage. So do your own work for you. And do it so that you can be of better service to your clients, so that you can be a role model for your clients. In other words, walk your talk. All right. And number 10 is to have patience, perseverance, and consistency. I think that the internet has has really kind of I don't know, messed with us in a way in that 
we see so many, we, we have the ability to see so many different businesses and have easy access to stories and case studies. And also because technology changes so quickly and the internet changes so quickly, I think that's also translated into how online businesses should work and the success of online businesses should be the same. Fast, fast, fast. I believe that slow and steady wins the race. And maybe it comes from all the bad love that I've been a part of. And anytime you have this explosion in the beginning, it tends to not work out in the end. I will say 100% of the relationships that I've been in, even friendships that have exploded in the beginning and have been so full of passion and lust, like you just you just can't get enough of it, they ended just as quickly and dramatically. Again, slow and steady wins the race. This is the long game. I didn't get into this because I thought it was going to be, you know, a five or 10 year stint. I knew from the beginning that I wanted to be a career author. I knew from from the beginning that I wanted to do this until I retired, whenever that is. And so I also knew that it was going to take some time. I could go off on another tangent about, you know, be careful where that holds you back. It, it's it's tricky. I won't go down that tangent, but be patient, be consistent with your messaging, with your content and value that you put out to your people and be persistent. Be persistent. You're going to see so many people online where you're making up a story or they're making up a story that it happened very quickly or that it was really easy. They just follow the step-by-step process. And I'm here to tell you, you know, I have a lot a lot of friends and acquaintances who do the same thing that I do. And what I have seen, again, I'm going to venture and say 100% of the time, (laughs) is that their success stems from patience and consistency and being persistent. It's like anything else. It really truly is like anything else. This Business is unique in some ways, but when it comes down to you know the brass tacks of it, it's the same as any other. It's the same. Be patient, be consistent, be persistent. And I'm so glad that you stuck with me throughout this entire episode. And hopefully you learned something if you are interested in being a coach or if you already are a coach, or if you're not interested, maybe you learned something about this particular industry, opened your eyes a little bit. If you are interested in possibly working with us, and by us, I mean me and YKAL team, head on over to yourkickasslife.com slash consulting. What we have been doing is customizing packages for people because All of you come in at a different place in your business. And so you might be brand new, just starting out. You don't have a website yet. You don't have any clients. Maybe you're still in training. Maybe you're fresh out of training. So we would definitely customize a package to look a certain way to get you down, get the basics down for you in order for you to have your website and your messaging and your friends and family letter that's going to go out to tell everyone what it is that you're doing to get those first clients we have a package for that. Some of you might be a little bit more seasoned. You have all of that down and you have a dream of starting a podcast. You don't even know where to start. 
Maybe you've looked into other production companies and they're very, very expensive. Um, Maybe some of you want to write a book and you don't know if you should go the self-publishing route. You don't know if you should try to go traditional publishing. You don't know anything about a book proposal. We can help you with that. Some of the packages are working just with me. Some of them are working maybe a couple of sessions with me initially, and then I release you to my team who can actually help you better than I can because everyone has different um, expertise over here. Some of them are just with my team. It really depends on what you need. That's why the application that you fill out on that page is going to be very helpful for us in understanding mostly what you need. Then we'll get on the phone and figure out exactly what you need yourkickasslife.com slash consulting. I cannot wait to hear what it is that you're up to. I am so excited about what my team has to offer. Like if I could just toot my own horn about that, it's not even my own horn, it's their horns. I've been working with the same group of women, uh, some of them for eight years. I've been working with Darlene, who is our podcast producer over here. I don't know, Darlene, you're listening to this maybe four years. And We just have a really amazing all-woman team over here, and I would love to see your application, see what you're up to, and see if we can help you, yourkickasslife.com slash consulting. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I am back on Wednesday with your regularly scheduled personal development programming. And until next time, Ask Kickers, I will see you all out in cyberspace. Bye-bye. 